Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive, and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stephon Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. It is Thursday, which means it is time for another happy hour. Happy hour. <laughs> or maybe another unhappy hour. Because Annie's unhappy hour. Here we go. I took this idea that was supposed to be a very uplifting, relaxing space and was like, let me vent. <laughs> Do you... You know what happy hours to me? Like I told you, my uh, friend and I used to do the bitch and wine session because mm-hmm. it would be us having wine and just talking about whatever has gone wrong that week or that month. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Happy hours are for whatever it needs to be. I think that's true. I think that there is happiness to be found in camaraderie right? and relaxing with someone uh, that you feel comfortable with and talking about whatever's right. on your mind. Yeah, I'm just happy to be in your presence to what bemoan whatever happened or celebrate what may have happened. Yes. Well, today we're doing a lot of bemoaning. Yes, let's go. (laughs) Yes. And as always, drink responsibly. If you so choose, if you are looking to drink something non-alcoholic, we support whatever you want to do to relax and wind down with us in these happy hours, even if that is just sitting down, taking a breath, and uh, hopefully... I don't know. I don't know if participating is correct, but uh, commiserating and feeling some yes. that type of camaraderie. There you go. Yeah. So what are you sipping on, Samantha? I'm actually doing a hard seltzer today. Uh-huh. And I'm keeping it real low-key with a truly. Mm-hmm. I think that's the, that's the original hard seltzer, right? Is it White Claw or Truly? White Claw is probably the original. I have no idea. Hmm. <laughs> but I'm keeping it simple mm-hmm. because I've also uh, run out of a lot of the beers and we mm-hmm. do have some things coming up and I'm saving those for us to feature 
these different yeah. beverages. So right now being, is it the word basic <laughs> when it comes to brand seltzers? Uh I mean, that that actually could be... We could unpack that in a whole episode about what right. basic means and who it's been used against and why. And, you know, because seltzers are popular. I feel like a lot of things like that that get popular but are associated with women do get branded as this, like, almost worthless or embarrassing thing to like. Right. I will say our local brewery, Monday Night Brewery, mm-hmm. is offering free 12-pack seltzers that they have made for those who are vaccinated up to, through the month of April. Oh. So if you're in Atlanta or coming okay. through Atlanta and you have a vaccination card through April, they're offering... This is not sponsored and they nope. probably wouldn't love the fact that we're telling a lot of people this. No. <laughs> but not a lot of our audience is in Atlanta. But if you do come through Atlanta... Apparently, they're offering a 12-pack of their seltzer, hard seltzer, which are delicious. They're called Narwaters. Very adorable. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're offering it for free. So, kudos. Hey, I get my second shot next Wednesday, April oh, yeah. 19th. So. so, not only can you go grab yourself a hard seltzer, you can grab yourself a donut. Donut? And what was the other thing I heard? Oh, Sam Adams is also doing beer. You can oh, get are a beer. they? Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, not I'm, not, I'm not sure the details of that one, but I just heard... Tell <laughs> you can get I wonder beer. if it's specifically at the breweries. Yeah, possibly, possibly. Well, I am drinking what I call a Qui-Gon gin and tonic. Yes. Which is a gin and tonic with lemon and cranberry juice. Delicious. A little bit. Just, just a, a tad bit? bit. Mm-mm. Yeah, just a splash. Because he was a very, like, meditative, peaceful really presence. Was. He was and also so- wrong. He was wrong in some ways and right in other ways. Okay, sure. That's another... I You don't want me to go down that path. <laughs> uh. <laughs> I would like to say, I feel like this is pertinent that I actually... Because if we had those useless superpowers, mine uh-huh. is recognizing people off of different shows and different movies and interconnecting yes. them, that I was mm-hmm. able to answer a question before Annie was... But it was for the prequels and the upcoming Disney show with uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi. But I was Mm -hmm. very proud. I was also very confused thinking that you were trying to trick me when I was like, you don't know this? (laughs) And knowing that I was the one who knew the cast lineup. I was also very proud. (laughs) It was shocking turn of events, but I appreciated them. It was One about the casting of Baru uh, Mm -hmm. and the Kenobi show for Disney+. Plus. If anyone's curious... But I would just like, for those who have been rooting for me in learning yeah. these worlds, I was on top of this one, y'all. Definitely, she was. <laughs> I was not kidding around. I did not know. Um, <laughs> that actually is a good segue into what we're talking about today, which is something that I have been, has been on my mind and I've actually discussed in therapy lately, which is feeling pathetic. So fun times. And I do want to put in here a lot of these unhappy hours I just want to recognize that I I realize these are um, smaller issues. <laughs> but they are things that I think about and deal with. And I think that a lot of women and marginalized people do. So that being said, there is something kind of inherently intimate about podcasting. And I hope that doesn't make you feel weird, Samantha or listeners. But 
to me, there is. Because especially on a show like this, you're being very open with your story and your personality and just these pieces of yourself. And then you listeners are taking that in and reacting to that and maybe connecting with it and maybe not. But when you're open about your life, it can be scary. And we've talked about that. And there are some things that are obviously vulnerable and frightening, right? Mm -hmm. And all of you, as always, have been amazing and supportive. You continue to be can't thank you enough for that. So this isn't like, I never want this to come across as a criticism of like the audience because it's Mm -hmm. not. This is my insecurity because I am, I'm very open about being a nerd. I'm very open about it. And I'm usually pretty secure about the fact that I'm a single woman. I'm a nerd. But there are times when I share like my love of cinnamon rolls as I did on the happy hour just a fan fiction trip that I love that actually make me really nervous. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and sometimes I get my head about it and that it's a really pathetic thing and stupid and not worth talking about. And now everyone knows it's important to me and they can pick on me about it. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's a really stupid thing and it's my insecurity and it's hard to shake. And it's, I've talked about before, like it's, especially when it comes to something like that, it is so important to me and it's so near and dear to me. And it has helped me get through trauma. And I'm someone who is very much like I connect to fictional characters and stories and I use them to help me get through things. And I've used them to help me get through very difficult things. But on the surface, they're they're pretty frivolous, right? They're easy to make fun of. So... Yeah, it makes me really nervous. <laughs> right. Cuz it feels like, you know, if if you're connecting with something that you you do identify with so much and did get you through some traumatic event and people like cut it down or dismiss it that they're dismissing you or right. any trauma you went through. Caveat, like of course people can have disagreements in entertainment. And, you know, that's that's a whole part of it. And that can be a fun, lovely part of it is getting in right. those kind of arguments. Right. But I, it's, it's just odd to me that after that episode came out, how <laughs> nervous I was. Right. I don't, I don't think it's odd. I think it's absolutely... When you start sharing bits of yourself and, and things that you love and things you hold and protect... Mm-hmm. as part of your personality, it's hard. Especially, again, yeah, you and I are in an industry, and I've talked about this many a times, as in fact, recently we had our own uh, meeting within our company, and I was more nervous for that than anything else I think I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And one of the big things that I talked about was the fact that I'm seen for the first time. And we've talked about this on our podcast many a times where I really like not being seen. Uh, I like mm-hmm. being invisible. That's kind of what I worked through. That's kind of the whole trope of being a model minority is being not seen and not stirring up the pot, which is a complete fallacy in itself. And it is degrading in, in what that ideal is anyway. But when it comes to something that you love or something that you hold personal and true for you, and then feeling like you're just opening up 
a door for people to bring in every darkness, whether that's like a criticism or judgment on you. And you've been through some hard times in general where you've been raked over the coals for something you've loved. So therefore, you're already triggered automatically and on the defensive. And that's a huge thing. And it's not just you. It's a lot of people in general. And especially if you've lived in a world of fantasy to distance yourself from the trauma, Mm -hmm. that's even more vulnerable because at least that world protects you. Mm-hmm. You know, this is just a whole big layer of conversations. And we've talked about this before. I lived in a world of trauma where I didn't know how to distance myself. I lied a lot. That was my distancing mm-hmm. in trying to get away from something or get out of something. And that was my trauma. And I felt like I wasn't a child, which is really mm-hmm. unfortunate, which is why I didn't get into the fantasies of all of these things at a young age. And so my reaction was almost the opposite in doing whatever like I had to do to survive but that meant to grow up quickly with the loss of childhood, essentially, and forcing myself to realizing, oh, I'm not a normal kid. I have to pretend like a kid. This is not normal. I think there's a lot to be said about what it looks like and, and the fact that we've talked about this, like when we do get hit with criticism, we take that as if it was worth 10 times more than someone's love for us. Mm-hmm. And we have such amazing fans and we have so many amazing people. Like when I came out with our conversation about the Atlanta shooting, the love that I got was beautiful. But all I could see was, oh, but people didn't respond as much to this as they did to this. So that means obviously I made them uncomfortable and they didn't accept me. Right. Which has nothing to do with that. Like that did not happen. No one said anything to me. No one did <laughs> anything to me, you know? Mm-hmm. But it is. is this vulnerability makes us automatically feel like a as women as as people of the marginalized community within like LGBTQ trying to find ourselves even that allowing ourselves to be ourselves if someone doesn't accept it we see that as the bigger picture than the result of everyone else who has shown love to us and it's it's a lot oh yeah absolutely and i that again that's why i keep making the point at least with in my case with what i'm talking about right now it is my insecurity and I know it. And it is like my trauma and I know that. There is also a layer of societal expectations around women and singleness and what you should be doing and and what is weird, in quotes. But it's mostly, yeah, my insecurity and trauma. And that's why I have talked about it in therapy because I did, it was easier for me to connect to a fictional character and perhaps write a fan fiction of them going through a trauma or even writing a story which has a character that is essentially me but not me and going through that trauma because I had that like separation Mm -hmm. and that allowed me in my case it felt like a safer way of dealing with this and also like in my mind, if this fictional character that I love could go through this and people could still love them, then it's possible for me. And I do think... Yeah, because I, I mean, generally I'm fine about being the older single lady who's nerdy. Generally, it doesn't bother me. But I worry that people look at me or listen to me and think, wow, what a sad single lady who doesn't realize how pathetic she is or that something must be wrong because I'm still single, still in heavy quotes. Um, And we've talked about that a lot. We've talked about that pressure before, especially for women. Most days, it's like 
not, it's so not on my radar. I don't even think about it. But occasionally people will ask me or make friendly conversation about it. And it just becomes clear to me how much that is still like the standard and how much of an outlier that it makes me an oddity almost. And these these conversations are almost always well-intentioned. But they do make me feel like there's this moment of like, oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. And that's when I worry like, oh, people think I'm pathetic or that they will. Or like, yeah, she, I'm having fun now, but soon she's going to realize her mistake and it's going to be too late and she's going to be sad and alone and a nerd and how pathetic. Well, being alert, a nerd is not bad. So that you can just throw that out the window because <laughs> you are a nerd and it's beautiful. Thank However, you. I think that's to me such a weird idea. I think because I'm with you, again, being at this age, I've had maybe two to three serious relationships in my entire life. Maybe just two. Like I'm trying to really put count them in my hands and I don't think there's that many. And in my expectation in my life is that I was going to be the single one the entire time and I was okay with it and understanding that I'm a different individual and it is what it is. Of course, I still think about, at this point, I'm thinking about, okay, I'm not having children. It's too mm-hmm. late for me. It's come to the point that, you know, it could be a risk. And I still don't think I won't want children. And that's at 40. So, you know, we're, we're coming to the bit of like, eh, it's kind of hard at this point. And But am I going to miss out on something? I know I definitely have that moment of like, am I missing out on something? But I mean, as we talked about a little earlier, I feel good of where I am now than where I was five years ago. Mm-hmm. You know, that I feel at least healthy in my state of mind. And you and I did our first, very first episode was, are we failures? Have we failed mm-hmm. because we don't want these things or we haven't gotten these things? Mm-hmm. But I absolutely also come to the point that these are our choices. And yeah. to me, it feels like good choices, <laughs> you know, no matter mm-hmm. where, where we are. And I think when I see you, I see you happy. You're happy. I think you're the happiest you've been since when I first met you which you were questioning a lot of things and and trying to figure out your own place and like trying to figure out your sexuality and trying to figure out who and what you are and how and what you wanted to be outside of just what you were known for. Mm-hmm. And that's beautiful. This quarantine has been rough, but it's been fun to watch you fall in love with what you love. <laughs> like that is something that I get caught up with you and I love teasing you, but it's so fun to ride that coattail of what you love and how much you love it. And the fact that you love it because it's personal to you is even better. It's so fantastic. And and honestly, I don't know for the listeners, but I do kind of know because they've sent us responses, which has been amazing. When you get excited, I get excited. I may not like what you like, but I'm excited with you. Like mm-hmm. the whole journey of Star Wars, we keep talking about it and I keep teasing about the fact, holy crap. The amount of Star Wars I've watched in the last year is unreal, especially never have watched any of them mm-hmm. until this last year. Mm-hmm. But it's because of how much you love it that it makes me excited. It's because of how much you love it that makes me excited to talk about these drinks that we're going to make indoor, what's going to happen with Dragon Con, or what's mm-hmm. not going to happen with Dragon Con, and your love of your costumes. I'm like, let's make it this way. You know, bring it to reality is almost just as satisfying for me as it is for you because you get so excited. And it's a beautiful thing. I don't think... I've I've never once in my mind thought it was pathetic. <laughs> well, and I say this as an outlier of never loving these things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of my favorite things about you, Samantha. And you've been very supportive of me. And, and it's 
I think it's probably clear to you now, but I don't know if it was to you in the beginning, but these are very important to me. And it is like my love language and for you to support me. <laughs> it's been very meaningful, very, very meaningful to me. But that is one of the things that jump-started this, like, oh, I should probably talk about this on a happy hour, is uh, I was... Th- somebody said, how are you going to remember your quarantine? What did you accomplish? And I was like, I watched a lot of Star Wars. <laughs> the joy that you have brought to your friends, like, you have a large group of people, your love of the Star Wars stuff, as well as D&D, as well as the Marvel. Like, I feel like you made more connections with the relationships that have existed and on such a deeper level, it's, it's really ridiculously fun to watch. Where, the, where I've like kind of drifted and was like, I'm tired of talking to you, so I'm just not going to participate in this group text. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that's where I am. And I've, I could talk about the fact that I've actually gone to see people because people are being vaccinated and are able to travel more. Got to see family because we're vaccinated now. But I was like, man, that's exhausting. Oh, this yeah. is going to be a long adjustment for me. Yeah. But like the deeper level of the people that you play D&D with, the people you are working with, the people you love that you haven't necessarily seen, but you keep connected, your close friends from school. I think it's really fun to watch because I feel like you have made a personal connection that couldn't have been done if we were out and about all the time. Like it's a different thing, and, and but it, it has everything you love. <laughs> Whether it is making a fake Star Wars world mm-hmm. for D and D, or oh, yeah. whether it's continuing the, your tradition with Sunday, 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 which became one thing, has now become another thing, mm-hmm. and your friends all love it with you. Yeah, you're a trendsetter, <laughs> boo. <laughs> I've never thought of myself as that, but yeah, you okay. really are. From my perspective, between the Last of Us and the Star Wars stuff, you've become a trendsetter. We talked about the Switch. I would have never bought one had it not been for you. <laughs> I would have not really played any games. And my partner is so excited that you brought that around. <laughs> and I do think that that's a... I mean, ultimately, having that good support group is, I mean, key, right? That I I do have people that are into it, are, are at least there with me and happy to see me happy. And I didn't mean to turn this into a build any up. No, but no, it's not. But I think everybody wants to know that what they love is okay. And that's mm-hmm. that's the same for me. Like I laugh and my partner laughs about my repeat of like, what what are you watching now? You're watching one of these three shows. Absolutely. That or I'm watching uh, the same movies over and over again because that's what I know. That's what I do. And that's how I comfort myself. And yeah, I kind of have the shame factor. And at the same time, I'm like, nah, this is how I care for myself. And this is mm-hmm. where we are. And that's okay. And that's okay. Yeah, You know, and that's the end is like, Giving yourself permission to understand, even if other people do think it's pathetic, thank God we're in a space where it's like, ah, screw you. You don't mm-hmm. have to do it, so move on. And that's <laughs> the end. And, and at the same time, like I have now, in my generation, in our generation, we have more friends who are single. We have more friends who are not having children. We have more friends who are in different types of relationships where we can all kind of celebrate it instead of being ashamed of it. And I, I'm, it's, we're still very far along, but at the same time, at least we've gotten to that point that we're not all expected to be 40, 35, two children in the house doing these things, being the housekeeper or whatever, or being the homemaker, which is such a weird 
conversation, but or choosing to do that and still being okay. Mm -hmm. And that's the overall thing is our own insecurities lead us to wonder what we're doing wrong when in actuality, there's nothing that you're doing wrong as long as you're being considerate of others and finding joy and allowing other people to find joy as well. Yeah. And I think there's a lot we could unpack in what you just said in a future episode, perhaps, of just expectations societally and on ourselves, but also I think in the United States and probably a lot of other countries, but particularly the United States, productivity is almost a moral thing. Right, right. It is like, oh, you are re-watching Star Wars when you could be doing this. Why aren't um, you on that third business hustling? Yeah, exactly. Which I, is a bigger conversation that perhaps we'll have. I did want to end with this text exchange that I had. <laughs> Because I, I was really depressed and I couldn't sleep a few weeks ago. And I texted Katie, who you've now Katie. heard on the show. Yes. Um, one of my best friends. And I said, do you think I will be an old lady still obsessed with Star Wars and thirsting after Luke Skywalker? She said, yes. And I said, do Agreed. you think that's weird? And she said, no. And then I said, I don't deserve Mark Hamill. And she said, yes, you do. Yes, you do. <laughs> Which, by the way... I, again, don't have a crush on Mark Hamill. I have a crush on Luke Skywalker, although right. I do I really say, love Mark Hamill. <laughs> I think Mark Hamill would say, yes, you do. And the question is, does anyone deserve Luke Skywalker? <laughs> the cinnamon roll. Cinnamon and the answer is no. No one does. <laughs> You're right. You've heard my... I remember the first time when I was telling you about that fan fiction, I was like, so it's Ezra Bridger and Luke Skywalker, but I'm not sure Ezra deserves Luke. And you gave me this look like... What? <laughs> I was also very confused about who Ezra Bridger was. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> You'll know soon enough. <laughs> I do know now. Yes. I started those series. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Look what you have done. <laughs> Look what I have wrought. <laughs> well, thank you as always for letting me have this space yes, to thank vent. Thank you for bringing it. And cheers. Happy Thursday. Hope everything's... Happy Thursday. Yeah. Hope everything's going well for you listeners. And we always truly love hearing from you. If you'd like to email us, you can. Our email is stuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at Stuff Never Told You or on Twitter at MomStuffPodcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. And we adore you as well. We do. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. This episode is brought to you by Pedigree. If you've been looking for love at first sight, it is closer than you think. It can be found at your local shelter. So this June 7th to 9th, join the Pedigree Adoption Drive 
and the Pedigree brand will reimburse your dog adoption fees nationwide. Pedigree knows that bringing a dog into your home not only opens their heart, it can open yours too. Visit pedigree.com slash adoption dash drive to learn more about the adoption drive and to see full terms and conditions. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect.